Well, how's it going, everybody? You guys doing good? Well, let me just say that what you just witnessed on that screen is an incredible opportunity that we have. It's the annual Rethink Pink Women's Conference that we do every year. And uh, I just want to encourage all the women and the girls to really make this a priority. It's an incredible weekend to be encouraged, to be really just inspired, not just in your own spiritual journey, but I think even one of the greatest byproducts of the entire event is really just the connections, the relationships that women and girls have the opportunity um, really to experience. And so registrations are open, and I just want to encourage you to make it a priority. I would just encourage you to even step out in faith and buy multiple registrations to give to a coworker, to give to a friend, and use that and leverage that as an outreach opportunity because I promise you it's going to be an incredible weekend where um, I think there's just going to be a lot of uh, truth that's going to be shared in ways that's going to be incredible incredibly encouraging and hopeful and life-giving, and the worship is going to be off the chain. And so um, I'm just personally excited about it. I'm going to be a fly on the wall, probably helping the rest of the guys are going to be uh, serving and volunteering for that event as well. But it's just going to be an amazing time. So ladies, we look forward to that opportunity called Rethink Pink. And this uh, Sunday night, we're excited about our marriage conference. Happens to be sold out as our first annual uh, marriage conference. And so um, We'll be doing more of these. Like I said, it's going to be an annual event. So let me encourage you um, to put that on your calendar for this time next year. We'll always be doing it in February as we lead, in, lead into Valentine's. It's an appropriate time um, to really connect in our relationships with one another. Well, today we're kicking off a new series. And by the way, give those that are watching us right now on, on Facebook Live and as well as those that are watching us um, through the Internet, just let them know how much we appreciate them um, joining us in a time of worship. And appreciate all of you, and you may want to check in on Facebook Live and maybe a tag a friend or somebody and let them know that we are live. They can be a part of what God's doing here. But we're stick, kick, kicking off this new series called Unboxed, and I'm really excited about it because uh, really of what we're going to learn and the journey of faith that we're going to be able to uh, really experience in the coming weeks. And so each week is going to grow and it's going to be an incredible time for us to learn and more importantly apply some truths as it relates to stretching our faith, really unboxing our faith, uh, where we step out of the safe zone into the faith zone. But when you think about unbox, you know, a lot of things are um, kind of unique when, uh, especially with the internet these days, uh, one of the, it's, and it's kind of a strange phenomenon to me, I don't see necessarily really what that, uh, <laughs> what's so entertaining about it, but unboxed is, is kind of a, a, a big um, sensation on YouTube right now. For example, a lot of people unbox certain things, give critiques, reviews, and there's one guy who's got literally millions of subscribers on YouTube, it's called Unbox Therapy. And um, so it's just kind of interesting to me how people get into things that are being pulled out of a box, you know, unboxed, you know. And, and so I, I'm, I'm hearing all this stuff, watching some of these things. I'm thinking, well, man, those guys, man, they, they have nothing on me. I invented, I invented the whole thing called unboxed back in the day, back in the day. Turn your neighbor and say, back in the day. Back in the day. I'm talking about 1990, back in the day. Man, I pulled off the biggest unboxed reveal ever, and, uh, and, and I'll, I'll walk you through exactly what I did. So, we have some pictures here that I want to show you on the screen. I happened to propose to my wife, Michelle, back in 1990, and notice the big heart, the big balloon. Hey, 
Guys, little, 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 uh, little tip here. Go big or go home. You know what I'm saying? So here, got the big balloon, big heart. Notice the big card, and it has a little card of M&Ms on it, and that just so happened to be uh, Michelle's favorite candy. And the reason why is because M&Ms was her, that was her, those were her initials because her maiden name was Masteller. So Michelle Masteller, M&Ms, you guys. All right, roll with me here. Okay, so notice the big red box. Now, next slide, boom. So I present her this box. She's thinking, what in the world? And again, this is her birthday. Big group of people are gathered around. Nobody really knew what was going on. Next slide. And then, of course, she opens up the big box. Inside that box is another box. Next slide. Then, okay, now she's thinking, what in the world? Inside that box is another little box. Oh, yeah. It's it's happening now. And then she opens up that box, and boom, I presented her a ring. And then I get on one knee, as customary, guys, that's what we're supposed to do. I asked her to marry me. I put the ring on her finger. Of course, she said, yes, we celebrate. Notice the short shorts I'm rocking on that particular day. (laughs) We're bringing it back. Can I get an amen? How many of you guys like short shorts? That's what I thought. One guy back there where raised his hand. But unboxed, you know, it's, it's amazing to me when you think about what God wants to do in and through our lives, when we're willing to step out of the box, when we're willing to literally step out in faith and trust him in ways that may not necessarily feel normal or may not necessarily even make sense, but that's exactly where God wants us to be. And we're going to unpack some things, unbox some things here um, when it comes to understanding our faith. In fact, uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to um, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to just kind of share through Hebrews chapter 11 the message today. Uh, it's better known as the Hall of Faith. There's some incredible examples of faith um, that are outlined here in Hebrews chapter 11. And what's interesting about faith, in fact, I could be safe to say, or I can be safe to say, that the Christian life really can be summarized in two words, love and faith. When you think about it, what it, what's the great commandment? We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus went on to say we're also to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we're to love God, love people, but then we're also to have faith. So it's love and faith. Now why is that so? Because the Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must first what? Believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's hard to really put in one sentence a definition of faith. And the reason why is because faith, kind of like a diamond, has many facets to it. Uh, It's multidimensional. And so the reason why uh, is because there are so many applications where faith is basically activated and appropriated in and through our lives. And so today I'm going to give really six examples of faith and how God really wants to to play that out in and through our lives so that we live in the faith zone. And the first, if you're taking notes, is this. Faith is believing when I don't see it. Faith is believing when I don't see it. 
Hebrews 11 verse 1 says it this way. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's very interesting to me. How in the world can you be confident and assurance about something that you don't even see? That sounds in many respects like a contradiction, doesn't it? And yet at the same time, that's exactly what faith is. Faith is believing even when we don't see it. In other words, faith is visualizing the future in the present. In other words, faith is, is seeing in advance. I heard someone would say, if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. So when you think about faith, faith is believing even when we don't see it. For example, faith is believing that in the present, if you're going through marriage challenges, maybe you have a son or daughter that's messed up on alcohol or drugs, or maybe perhaps you have a loved one who has an addiction, or maybe you have a son or daughter that maybe is not a believer, maybe that is not living inside the will of God, maybe you're going through some financial difficulties, maybe you've experienced some setbacks. Listen, even though in the present things are not what they could be or necessarily what they should be, faith is believing that God is going to turn my marriage around before it actually happens. Faith is simply saying, I believe that God can get me out of this financial hole before it actually happens. Faith is simply seeing my son or my daughter being one to Christ and living a life of freedom and being freed up from the things that is sabotaging their lives that the enemy is using to destroy them. Faith is believing, even though it's not happening, now I can see it before it actually takes place. And so that's the way God wants us to live. Faith is believing when we don't see it. Number two, faith is obeying when we don't understand it. Faith is obeying when we don't understand it. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says it this way. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So picture this. Here's Abraham. At the time, he was referred to as Abram, 75 years old. And yet God taps him on the shoulder and says, Abram, I want you to leave a life of social security for social insecurity. Abram, I'm wanting you to leave everything that you have and everything that you know. And I want you to go to a place that I am calling you to go to. And it's a place that I've prepared, and, it's, and, and, and I'm going to make you a father of a, of a great nation. Now, Abraham was, Abram, you know, he's saying, okay, God, I get it, I understand it, but where specifically are you calling me to go? And God's response is, I'll tell you when you get there. He didn't understand it all, but he stepped out of faith. He stepped out in faith, why? Because he lived a life of obedience. He obeyed God. Now, most people, like anybody, like I would, most people, you know, when, 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 you, when, when you're stepping off of something kind of into the unknown, when you're taking a risk, when, you, when you're jumping off a cliff, so to speak, you kind of want to know how you're going to land. 
most people, on a practical level, want to have some reassurance that everything's going to turn out okay. Most people, you know, in their, in their, in their natural, you know, frame of, of mind and thinking is like, well, I want to have at least some peace of mind. I'm going to have some comfort knowing that at the end of the day, everything's going to all fall into place. Well, that's not faith. You see, faith without risk is not faith. You see, all faith has an element of risk. Why? Because if we have all the guarantees, if we have all of the assurances, then we don't necessarily need God, do we? So at some point, we have to be willing to step out in faith and obey God even when we don't understand it. Now, the Bible says it this way. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it's not in your notes, but it says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The biggest challenge that we have is a lot of times we put too much emphasis on leaning on our own understanding because, again, we like the assurance. We like to have the guarantee when God says, no, 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 no. Trust me with all of your heart. I'll never forget when... Um, Michelle and I moved from Texas to Orlando. Uh, we were um, taking the biggest step of faith we'd ever taken in our life. And we had just built a, a home that we thought we were going to spend the rest of our lives in. Um, we had both sides of our family there. We had a home church that we were very involved in. We had a successful ministry, a national ministry for nearly 15 years. And so here we were literally in our comfort zone, but yet there was something that was stirring inside of me that I could not let go of, and it was God's way of getting my attention, of letting me know that he was calling me to do something completely different. And at the time, I didn't understand it. And I sought counsel from a pastor, and a pastor at the time said, hey, you ought to go to a conference that God used in my life, and I think it would be a great help to you. And so Michelle and I, we, we went on his counsel and advice, and we went to Chicago. And I'll never forget, it was at this uh, leadership conference in Chicago. And when we were sitting on the final day of the final session that afternoon, and I will never forget as long as I live, hearing the Spirit of God, the voice of God speak to my heart and confirm to my spirit that this is what God was calling me to do, I leaned over to Michelle and I said, this is what I am sensing the Lord's leadership to do. And she looked at me, she said, I'm feeling the same exact calling. I believe this is what God has in store for us. I'll never forget, we went back to our hotel room. We got on our knees on the side of our bed. We sealed the deal with God in our, in our time of prayer and with one another. And then we picked up the phone. We called both sides of our families and told them what we believe God was calling us to do. And I'm telling you, it was the most awkward silence I'd ever heard on the telephone. And in their minds, they were thinking, you got to be crazy. And we may have been crazy, but at the end of the day, we just felt called of God to do something. And nearly 17 years ago, we literally walked away from everything we had, moved to Orlando with no guarantees of anything. And yet here we are today because we stepped out in faith and we obeyed God even when it didn't even make sense. We did it even though we didn't understand it. I'm telling you, God sometimes wants us to to obey him when things don't always line up, when things don't necessarily make sense. Trust him with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And by the way, 
The evidence of knowing God is obeying God. And can I just tell you, in fact, on the 18th of this month, uh, two weeks from today, we're going to be having our first baptism of the calendar year. And again, the evidence of knowing God is, is obeying God. If you've never been baptized by immersion, I want to encourage you to step out in faith, obey God, even though it may not all make sense to you. But that's a script, that is a command in Scripture that God has given to us, and that is to demonstrate our faith public through water baptism. And we'll unpack all the details, but at the end of the day, it's a step of obedience we have to take, even when we don't understand it. You can fill those cards out there in your seats. Number three, if you're taking notes, and that is this. Faith is giving when I don't have it. Ooh, faith is giving when I don't have it. It's interesting how faith and giving go hand in hand. In other words, have you ever found yourself in a position where you had to make a decision? Am I going to honor God by giving him the tithe or am I going to pay this bill that's staring right at me? And if you've ever been in that situation, I have, you have, we've all been in there. We've all been there. You know what that's called? That's called a test. Why? Because God is asking you and he's asking me, are you willing to trust me? Even when it doesn't make sense. Are you willing to trust me with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding? You see, people get funny about money. And here's the reason why. It's because they don't understand the faith realm. You'll never understand the faith realm. So here's what you need to understand. The issue is not money. The issue is our heart. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God, listen, he could care less about your money. What he cares about is your heart. And what God wants is a heart of obedience. What God wants is a heart that is willing to trust him with everything that we have. Isn't it crazy? We'll trust God for our salvation. We'll trust God for you know, his forgiveness when we fall short. But when it comes to trusting God with our money, we're saying, whoa, 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 God, 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 God. I think I know a little bit more about this situation than you do. And yet that's literally how we live our lives. But we have something here at Rethink Life called the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. And I just want to challenge you right here at the beginning of the new calendar year of 2018. If you have never stepped out in faith in this area of your life to honor God and obey God, I encourage you to take the 90-day tithe challenge. You say, what does that mean? Well, it was the only place in Scripture, Malachi 3, where God teaches us to test him in this specific area of our lives. So when we return to God, what belongs to God, which is the tithe, God says if we'll do that, God will open the windows of heaven and he'll bless us. He'll take care of us. He'll provide for us in ways that we could never, ever do on our own. And he says, if you don't believe me, then try me. Let me prove to you that I am who I say that I am. And so we always tell people, if you've never activated your faith in this area of your life, do it. In fact, just try it for 90 days. And if the wheels come off in your life, you let us know, we'll give you your money back. Why? Because it ain't about the money. It's about your heart. It's about stepping out in faith and trusting God to be God. Because here is the lesson to be learned. Listen. We can't ever, ever lean on our own understanding by taking the God of the universe and placing him inside of our safe, convenient, predictable, so-called secure box. You know why that's dangerous? 
Because God is bigger than your box. So don't limit God. No, God is bigger than your box. You can't outgive God. And so you've got to understand that faith is giving when we don't have it. We can give in fear or we can give in faith. When we give in fear, we say, I can't afford to give. I don't have it to give. When we give in faith, we say, God, how much can I give even though I don't have it? It's a different perspective, but it's one through the eyes of faith that God wants us to have. In fact, Hebrews 11 verse 4 says it this way. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel, listen to this, is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. So here, we're talking about Abel, who died thousands of years ago, and yet it was his example of faith that we are still talking about today, who presented an offering that was more acceptable than his, brother, than his brother's Cain's offering. Why? Because he was considered a righteous man, because he did what was right in the eyes of God. And so, the fourth thing is this. Faith is persisting even when we don't feel like it. Faith is persisting even when we don't feel like it. It's crazy to me how many people live their lives and make decisions based on their emotions in the moment. I mean, that's just, that's a miserable way to live. To live your life dictated by your emotions. I mean, you're up one day, down the next. Everything's good one day. Everything's horrible the next. You feel like it one day. You don't feel like it the next. I mean, you didn't feel like coming to church today. I didn't feel like preaching today. I think I've, I feel like taking a month off. Just chill. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Amen to that. Let's do it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Maturity a sign or a mark of maturity is living your life based on commitment, not how you feel. And so we have to understand that faith, this journey of faith, it's not dictated on whether it feels right or not. No, it's dictated based on the principles and the promises of the word of God. It is a life of commitment. heard someone say that success or successful people do things that unsuccessful people don't feel like doing. <laughs> Remember when we talked about this last uh, month in our series um, called Redirection, and we talked about everything worthwhile is uphill? I mean, that, that's, that's God's blessing. That's his, that's, his, that's his provision. That's God's purpose. Everything good, everything worth pursuing, everything worth having is, unfortunately, it's uphill. Why? Because it requires commitment. It requires sacrifice. It requires persistence. And so what we have to do is we have to adjust our lives to understand that there are going to be moments, there are going to be situations, there are going to be challenges, there are going to be setbacks. There are going to be obstacles in our lives, but at the same time, we cannot, we cannot throw in the towel, we cannot give in, we cannot quit 
because God gives us the grace and he gives us the faith to keep on keeping on even when we don't feel like it. I love what, what, what the lesson of Moses where it says in Hebrews 11 verse 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. What made Moses continue to keep on keeping on and push through the resistance, even the threat of King Pharaoh? What was it that kept him moving forward in spite of the opposition and the threats? I'll tell you what, what it was. It was in that last line where he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. Let me tell you something. There are going to be times when you feel like maybe your marriage is at the end of the rope. You feel like, you know what? I don't know that we're going to be able to get out of this financial situation. I don't know. Listen, my, if my son and my daughter is ever going to turn around and start living a life that is fully pleasing to God. I don't know if we're ever going to really achieve the dreams and the aspirations and the hopes that God placed in our hearts with this new business. But here's the thing, what you got to understand, the enemy wants to defeat you and discourage you and rob you of everything that God has come to give you. But what you've got to understand is that in light of the challenges, in light of the setbacks, in light of the unknowns and all the things that go with this journey of faith, whatever you do, do not take your eyes off the invisible one because God will give you the strength he'll give you the grace he'll give you the power to do what you alone cannot do as long as you stay fixated on him we got to be persistent keep on keeping on in our faith number five faith is thanking God before we receive it Faith is thanking God before we receive it. In Hebrews 11, verse 30, it says it this way. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and then the walls came crashing down. So here's Joshua leading the people across the Jordan. Okay, now they're entering into the land that God had promised, the land of Canaan. But yet, their very first test was in front of them. They were approaching Jericho, which is the most fortified city on the planet. They had massive walls which symbolized strength and security and protection. And yet here are the people of Israel. And God told Joshua to tell the people, hey, here's the, here's the plan. I want you to march around the city of Jericho one time a day for six consecutive days. Just do a little prayer walk. Don't make a big deal about it. Just walk around the city one time for six consecutive days. On the seventh day, here's what I want you to do. I want you to march around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, here's what I want you to do. I want the priests, I want, they, I want them to blow their horns. And at the sound of the horn, I want everybody to bust out into a praise party. And exactly what God told them to do is exactly what happened. And so they, they, they busted out in the praise, praise party. After the horns began to blow, the walls came tumbling down. What does that say? What that says is that even though we may not see it, Here's what we believe. We believe that God is going to do it. Even though I may not see it, I'm going to go ahead and thank him in advance for the victory that is mine. And so today, you need to understand that praise always precedes victory. And so today, even though things may not be going the way you'd hoped, maybe you're not seeing the breakthrough. Maybe you're not seeing the, the things that maybe you know, you've been praying about come to fruition. Listen, whatever you do, don't give up, don't quit. Start thanking God now in the present for the future promise that is going to be revealed in your life. 
I received a package that I ordered on Amazon for Christmas. Ordered it online, and after I paid for it, I get an email, a confirmation, a little tracking number. And here's what the little subject matter said. It said, package in transit. I said, that's pretty cool. I hadn't received it yet, but it was on its way. Can I tell you here today, I believe this is something that some of you need to hear. Your marriage may not be where it could be or it should be now, but your breakthrough is on its way. Listen, the financial situation, the circumstances you're facing right now, hey, in the moment right now, it may not be what you'd hoped for, but I'm telling you, that breakthrough... I'm telling you, it's in transit. It's on the way. Listen, regardless of what it is, you may be going through some difficulties in your life physically. Maybe you got a report that you never thought you would ever have to face. But go ahead and start thanking God now in advance for your healing. Why? Because your healing is on its way. Why? Because we serve a God who's bigger than our box. And we can live in a life, excuse me, live a life in the faith zone where, listen, where God honors our faithfulness. He honors our faithfulness. So let me just say this in conclusion. Let me say this in conclusion. Because I know what you're about to say and I know what some of you are thinking. Because I've said this before and I've thought this countless times. Which leads me to the sixth example of faith. Faith is trusting God if I don't get it. Faith is trusting God if I don't get it. Two facts that you need to know about prayer. First, God hears and God answers every prayer. Did you get that? God hears and he answers every prayer. Fact number two, God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want him to. God's answer is either yes, no, or wait. I heard someone say recently that rejection is protection. Many of you know the situation has literally been a year ago. One year ago, we, uh, we announced to you know, the church that we had uh, nearly 15 acres of land under contract, and we were going before the city. In fact, later this summer, um, this past summer, we, we went before the Orange County City Council, and, and I'm telling you, I've shared this, on, and I'm going out on a limb, I'm telling you this, but I mean this with all my heart. There's been probably maybe only three, potentially four spiritual situations in my life where I felt so confident and so, so convinced by the Spirit of God that something was right. In other words, I felt so strongly that this was the right thing to do, this was the right place, and there was no question whatsoever, this was something that God put in front of us and God put in my spirit. I just knew it with every fiber within my being. We went before the county, and they turned us down. And I walked away from that meeting. I'm telling you, in my heart, in my spirit, I was like, God, what in the heck? 
God, what is your problem? What, what is, what's with all this? And sometimes things don't always, God doesn't necessarily answer a prayer the way we want him to. But it might be that God's saying this, hey, that rejection with your health, that rejection with your finances, that rejection, that marriage situation, that rejection that maybe you've been praying for and believing God for, whatever it might be, maybe God is saying, hey, it's easier to trust the Lord when we're, when we got momentum and we're on the mountaintop. It's harder to trust the Lord when we're at a dead end, when we're in the valley facing situations and circumstances that we do not understand. And what we got to realize is this. Sometimes God, rather than us maybe saying, God, remove the situation from me. God, take this away from me. God, take it from my life. God may allow us to go through the situation and the circumstances. Hang on with me. Listen to me. God sometimes allows us to go through the situation and the circumstances, even though we don't want it, we don't like it, we don't understand it, simply because on the other side, there is a testimony that we could have never had had we had not first gone through the test. So here's what you need to understand. In Hebrews 11, and I'm going to close with this, verses 39 and 40. And remember, this is the hall of faith. These are the men and the women, the patriarchs of the faith. Paul outlines here in Hebrews chapter 11. And he goes on to say that, man, brothers and sisters in Christ, man, they were, they were murdered, they were tortured, they were, they were, they were crucified upside down. They, they lost their lives. They were martyrs of the faith. Verses 39 and 40 goes on to say, And all these people, notice carefully, earned a good reputation because their faith, because of their faith. Yet not one of them received all that God had promised. For God had something far better in mind for us. I heard someone once say, Sometimes good things fall apart so that better things can fall together. And what you need to understand is that even though those men and women of faith trusted God and they lived a life of faith worthy of God's honor, God had something far, far greater for them. And I want you to understand, and here's my word as I want to conclude our time together. Listen, in this journey of faith, as we're going to unbox a lot of stuff in the coming weeks, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God has a plan and he has a purpose. But whatever you do, don't take your eyes off the invisible one. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible to please God. Let's fire heads together.